Hi, everyone, and welcome to the By the Laces podcast. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? I'm doing pretty well. Um, <laughs> it's nice to be able to talk about football again and just talk in general. Uh, nice to connect with you again, Bilal, my beloved yeah. co-host. How are you? Thank you. I'm I'm doing well. Um, it's been a it's been a while, and uh, we're right around that time of year where it's time to start up again with the NFL. Perfect. Yeah, and uh, so this is our first show since our last one that we did back in May, almost exactly four months ago. And uh, before we begin to dive into the show, you probably heard that uh, we changed the name of the show to uh, Buy the Laces. Previously, we were named Tampa 2 Tuesdays, and we'd been thinking of changing the name for some time and felt with a new season, it would only seem appropriate to make this change. And also, we have a brand new intro that you probably just heard at the start of the show, which was produced by none other than Trenton, who also produced our previous intro. So thank you very much, Trenton, for making this. And this is just the start of a few changes that we are planning to hopefully implement in the coming weeks and as the season progresses. Of course, it's a a new season. So, of course, we have to have a new show bringing a lot more great discussion, great content to all of our listeners out there and for you and me to have fun with. So, first off, we want to touch on the fact that a lot has happened in the world in these past few months. Uh, As we both know, we're both still home in quarantine. We're away from the Radio DePaul Sports studio while the coronavirus is still out there in the world at the time of our last show we had a little over 1.1 million cases and at least 68,000 deaths in the U.S. and as of right now we have about 6.1 million cases and a death count of over 186,000 so that's uh just goes to show how much has changed in so little time but of course we can't have all bad news there's been plenty of uplifting moments as well right now we have the return of professional sports which of course is something that allows all of us to take our minds off everything else going on in the world so right now the nhl and nba are in the middle of their playoff seasons and the MLB right now is in the middle of their 60-game season. And of course, as as what this show is all about, the NFL is wrapping up training camp and preparing for the start of a new season. And uh, before we dive back into our usual routine, we felt it was important to address the climate of the world around us and the events of the outside world and how they are been affecting sports as a whole and which our main focus is you just mentioned is football obviously uh recently our country's had to deal with the events of an unarmed black man jacob blank being shot seven times in the back by police in kenosha wisconsin this unfortunately has become an all too common occurrence in our society solely looking back on this year 
In May, we had the murder of George Floyd at the hands of police in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And in March, there was a murder of Breonna Taylor in her, in her home by officers in Louisville, Kentucky. These tragedies made the national headlines and continued to power the movement for social justice against, against systemic racism. The shooting of Jacob Blake last Sunday, August 23rd, 2020, prompted major ripple effects throughout the sports world. The following Thursday was an important day to remember. The Milwaukee Bucks protested playing their playoff game, prompting the NBA to postpone games for a couple of days. The New York Mets and Miami Marlins did not play their scheduled game, and the NHL took the NBA's lead in postponing their playoff games for a couple of days. With no games to play, many NFL teams canceled practices and took the time to talk about what changes they could bring by using their platform. The response by NFL teams is important and is something we feel we should dedicate a large portion of our show towards today. And so there was the first major development within the NFL was taking, the initiative was taken by the uh, Detroit Lions. So let's, uh, just dissect what they went through and the um, the the movement that they have started within the league. Themselves. Yeah, on uh on Tuesday when that happened, the Detroit Lions canceled their practice and they took a really a really powerful photo um, where they all stood outside and they had a a big whiteboard with uh we won't be silent written on it and that's you know that's just such a, a powerful photo by an entire organization and to to go as far as to do that you know um and be the first nfl team to make such a statement is something just really inspiring in the nfl a lot of players and people yeah, a lot of players feel that people who watch them, the fans, want them to stick to just playing sports. But you can't ha- that can't happen. Yeah, we need the we need our professional athletes to stand up for what they believe is right and take these steps. And I commend the Lions for taking this straight step because they're more than just football players. Right, they're they're individuals, they're citizens, they are they are the the people who they they have a they have a platform that they can use you know they're they're big stars they make a lot of money a lot of people follow them and you know it allows them to connect with all sorts of people and to inspire people who need that inspiration so yeah i it's just such an incredible an incredible thing for them to do and, and it also goes to oh, sorry you continue and I'll go in. Yeah, um, other teams also they they took after their uh, they took after what the Lions did in uh, canceling mm-hmm. practices and having different uh, meetings dedicated to you know just talking about what's going on in the world and making sure that everybody in your organization is you know having these open conversations and 
they're all on the same page. Uh, yeah, the Bears, the Jets, the Packers, the Colts, the Titans, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Chargers, and the Washington football team all ended up canceling practices in one way or another, whether it was a scrimmage or just a regular practice. And it goes to show the coaching staffs and of these teams that support their players and are fully behind them in everything that they do. And it also shows the level of uh, the, the, the types of owners that these players have um, who also are completely supportive and will back their players in speaking out for what they believe is right in the ongoing quest for social justice. This is this is a really good thing to uh, makes you proud to be a sports fan in general, but also a football fan and specifically a fan of these specific teams. Like, I mean, our team, the Bears, is put out a really strong statement uh, around the. I think it was last Tuesday when the Lions did theirs. These teams that we just mentioned, they didn't cancel practices until Thursday because the Lions were still the first team to do it. But they were just statements are important to put out. Like you're waiting for teams to comment on a social movement or just an event. So I'm really happy with the Bears put out, which I'm not going to completely read it all at this moment, but I'll just read the beginning part of it. Um, the Chicago Bears are disturbed by yet another instance of a police officer using excessive force against a black person, this time on Sunday evening in Kenosha, a community just up the road from Harris Hall. Jacob Blake is the latest name added to the li- to added to a list that tragically continues to grow. We will continue to use our voice and resources to be a prominent proponent of change and support the efforts of all those who are peacefully fighting for equality and the end of systemic racism in our communities. Our thoughts are with Jacob and his family, and we pray for his recovery. All right, so I did end up reading the entire statement, but <laughs> just, just goes to show you how important, how powerful the statement was. And many other teams put out similar uh, statements, and the world is taking notice that these players will not be quiet. Right, and I think you put it perfectly before when you said, um, you know, you're you're proud to be a fan and you're proud to be a fan of some of these teams in that the NBA has always been much more vocal about things than the NFL. The NBA is what every, every sports league should look up to is what mm-hmm. it's in terms of this social movement. It's like they were, they took a vote to possibly even cancel the season over this last week, which they didn't. But just to show you, it got to that level that players are willing to go that far to make an impact mm-hmm. in and, what small way they could. And even NFL teams and players have also talked about a little, you know, if if this kind of thing doesn't stop, then they might consider sitting out games. And, you know, they're they're just trying to get to a certain point where they're forcing some of the people who are looking at this and, you know, maybe not caring about it 
and saying, look, this is such a big deal that this we are willing to do this, you know, to bring it's attention smart, to this cause. It's a smart tactical move, though, because they have the leverage to mm-hmm. sit out. If you for, let's say, a team didn't take part in this thing or an owner of a team isn't as supportive, it gives them you're giving them an ultimatum you're saying either you will get your games you will get your revenue you'll get your and just in people in general like society you will get your favorite sport you will get an entertainment we can take that all away from you if we don't we have the power to do that if we don't feel we are being listened to or if we don't feel that change is actually like change will not happen tomorrow it will not happen the day after it will not happen a week after it may take weeks months but it's a slow moving process which needs to at least have some sort of start like there needs to be a, a discussion which many teams and players are having within and the league is having on its own so it's good using the, the power that they have for is such a meaningful cause. Um, yeah, so continuing with this, we've seen from many different events throughout the season stuff where the NFL ends up um, painting the end zones in different messages, whether it be for veterans in November or maybe for cancer researchers research in October, I believe. So this year, the NFL will be putting um, different social justice statements in their end zones. And it'll include the phrases, um, it takes all of us and end racism. They'll be in each team's end zones for the entire duration of of this upcoming season. It just goes to show that you can't you can't hide from the message. It's always going to be there. Yeah, and I think that's just such a great move uh, by the NFL that they're they're putting these messages out there, and they are they're basically just committing this entire season to bringing a lot of attention to these social issues, which is definitely very admirable on the NFL's part. And- and the song lift every voice and sing, which I believe is commonly referred to as the Black National Anthem, is also going to be played on opening weekend before every game. So they're taking this hit issue on head on, which is something the league hasn't always done in the past. But I think they've come to a point where there is no way that we can ignore this any longer. And we'll um, have to continue to be a leader in this, mo- in this movement. For sure. And another another thing that really strikes me is that the league has always been very picky about players expressing themselves on their uniforms, whether it be like yeah. on their cleats or helmets or whatnot. But now... Uh, the league is allowing players to have decal stickers on their helmets to 
bear the names of victims of systemic racism and police brutality. And that is definitely big. Yeah, um, the league has always been picky on their, like you said, their their image of how their shield, quote unquote, is being represented, and the way that if the way they're allowing them, like the uniform policy is really strict. And really kind of, strict. <laughs> like I know people, I've read and seen how people will get citations for like their sock length being a little too low or a little too high or whatnot. So it's like just the fact that the league is going to be relaxing their policies and they themselves are allowing this to happen. It's a another way of people using their platforms for good, which is what we need a lot more of in the world at this time. Because all the tragedy these people have endured. I don't know if you've been keeping up with this with a hard knocks on hbo but the most recent episode which came out this past tuesday anyone who's watched it will feel that it was a very powerful episode overall the episode hard knocks basically goes week to week in terms of training camp so this year they've been following both la teams the rams and the chargers and this week's episode basically deals with the aftermath of the shooting of jacob blake with Sean McVay, literally the show opens up, the episode opens up with Sean McVay watching it and getting his raw reaction to what he has just witnessed on his phone right in front of him. And it um, just follows the reaction by these two specific teams and how they have been um, using their platform to bring awareness. Uh, one, one important part of the episode was that uh, the Chargers we're supposed to hold a scrimmage in their brand new stadium. And they're all in there. And as you can probably tell, a lot of players didn't want to practice or anything. They weren't in the right frame of mind. And when they all they got called in for a team meeting in the locker room and they decided not to scrimmage that day. And this was live on the NFL network. And this is, the same day we were referring earlier, the Thursday after the shooting, the they were live on the NFL Network and they used that platform instead to just talk and talk live on TV about what they're thinking of and how they feel they can use their platform to bring change. And that, that was a powerful move. Like a lot of, I mean, you're in your brand new stadium for the very first time and you're supposed to scrimmage, but if you're not in the right set of mind, you're not doing anyone a benefit in any situation. So that was that was very important. Um, it's probably one of the best episodes of just any reality type of show or content that I have seen in a very long time. Right. And I uh, encourage anyone who hasn't seen the show to just watch it. I know before you, you mentioned... Hard knocks, and you said it was, it was one of the best uh, things that reality TV has done for us, besides possibly talent shows. But um, yeah, for sure, for sure, in a time like this, some very powerful moments on the show. So, um, and I bet we'll be seeing a lot more of this behind the scenes 
type of view from other teams later on. I know the Bears have put together their own version of Hard Knocks on their website called uh, 1920 Football Drive. So they roughly post an episode every week or so. So I'm assuming they will also be at least maybe like the behind the scenes meetings that they've been having. They could post those and we get their reactions to things. We've been getting a lot through their press conferences as well and how they've been conducting themselves and how they've the discussions they've had. So anyone who's been following any team of sorts, we follow, I'm only mentioned the Bears because that is our home team and that's who we follow. But I bet all the other teams are in some way, shape, or form taking similar actions. Yeah, and then we also had a... YouTube series in which this is a really powerful moment and I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah you should you should take the lead on this one and then I will provide my thoughts for sure um and this YouTube series or this YouTube show is called uncomfortable conversation conversations with a black man it's by a former NFL player Emmanuel Acho who is the brother I believe of Sam Acho yeah, who yeah. was a former Bears linebacker. Former Bears linebacker, right? And throughout these episodes, he has conversations about race and other related topics. And recently, he brought with mostly with white with white people, right? Yeah, with mm-hmm. white people. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. Recently, he brought NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell onto it. Yeah, it was a two two parter series. And it was it was good. I enjoyed watching it. It was a discussion that obviously needed to be had. Um, what were your, what were your major takeaways? It was a two parter, so both you can combine it both into one or just take each part on its own. What were your major takeaways? I think the biggest thing was Roger Goodell just to see him speaking on the social justice issues and also talking about Colin Kaepernick and he had a quote I believe that said something about I wish we had listened earlier to Colin Kaepernick when Kaepernick of course was kneeling and getting all sorts of media attention for for protesting at the beginning of games so Mm -hmm. that that definitely was a big moment for me to see Roger Goodell putting it like that. We got to see another side of Roger Goodell. The only side of him that we get to see on is the guy who shows up on the draft or the guy who's at the Super Bowl, the guy who just happens to do the occasional interview. You got to see another side of the man in this time. He is telling the story of his father and how he, he was marching with Coretta Scott King. Protest the Vietnam War. His dad was a uh, U.S. senator from New York, who um, originally had supported the Vietnam War, but then decided to, after listening to many college kids on campuses, decided to change his view and um, ended up not supporting it, which caused tension between Richard Nixon and causing him to re- lose his reelection. Just to see how far back this type of social justice goes with him is was um, 
fascinating. There was also one more part I wanted to mention how he says that he had a how he has a how he has a black nephew. His brother adopted uh, two kids, and he says that how he has to have conversations with him. How he never had to how he has to just talk to him about things and things that he himself never had to realize growing up in Washington, D.C. as a kid. He said that when he was a kid, he would see the National Guard around, but he never thought much about it. So just bringing his own personal experiences into things from a different perspective is um, fascinating to listen to. For sure. Yeah, so it's just going to take a lot of effort on everyone's parts and this is we literally just crossed the surface of what's been going on in the world and within the nfl but i felt that it was important to bring this up before we talk about anything else because it would feel because we have been off for four months now so we have not spoken about anything at all and in this time we've had major events major tragedies and just you can f- somewhat see that there is going to hopefully this isn't something that just fades away this is something that will bring change and hopefully we won't be having these tragedies again but that these conversations will continue to develop in our society and in our league as a whole right and hopefully as the nfl and all the other sports leagues as well continues to bring attention to it you know every every game pretty much or just Mm -hmm. you know alongside football news and just keeps bringing it to the attention of its viewers and its fans then hopefully we can start to make a dent in in solving this and now uh, we're going to go into our what we've always been known for doing on this show is just talking about a few headlines we're going to keep it relatively short compared to normal but uh, so we've already started off we just ended off talking about Goodell but let's continue on with a few more things that he said in recent times which um, I think you mentioned that he said he was wrong in his approach and how players are protesting and that the league will be allowing them to peacefully protest during the games in however way that they feel like. And so there will be no punishment whatsoever for any player who decides to express themselves. But one interesting thing that's going to be different in this season than any other season we've ever had is that there will be most likely in most stadiums a lack of fans. So what are your what are your thoughts on having no fans? That's going to be interesting. Um, me personally, I've never attended a game. I've always been at home enjoying uh, the NFL gameplay from the comfort of my own couch in beautiful weather of my living room. So oh, you're missing, you're missing <laughs> out, man. I I've attended a few games in my life, and it is some of the best. I mean. It is both some of the best um, experiences ever. Like a win makes you feel so excited, like so happy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, a win makes you feel so happy, especially when you're at the game. And a loss puts you in a straight depression 
for a good <laughs> one to two hours. Oh, but like no. just the environment, like if the Bears score a touchdown or score any points for some reason, you have Bear down, Chicago Bears playing, or the whole stadium going crazy, just sixty thousand people just cheering. It's it's nothing like you've ever seen and. There's one experience where I was um, at a game. I can, I'm going to look this up, but I was at a Bears Cowboys game 2013. Um, oh, is that, is that the one? Number retirement. Is that the one with when Josh McCown was starting? Yeah, Josh McCown's oh, game. His last that... game that season that he played before Jay Cutler came back and that was a legendary game. <laughs> that was a fun game to watch. That was a very fun game to be there. But it was it was a eight degrees that night and with a windshield of minus nine. So it was the fourth at that time it was the cold fourth coldest game ever for the Bears. And I'm dressed in like three jackets, three layers of sweatpants Two gloves, <laughs> ma- ski mask, hat, all all that type of stuff. Me and my dad are both the game. We have blankets. We're bundled up, and and we and then at one moment I remember during the game we went and bought hot chocolate and just drinking a hot chocolate. In that situation, <laughs> was the best feeling ever. But no, but just being at a game in general is a great experience, and it's gonna be sad that a lot of people are not going to be able to experience that this year and then there's that whole factor of home field advantage like that's a real thing right there's not going to be any any fans cheering um i think they said something about pumping in noise yeah i think they will be sending um each team like a standardized sound so that there's not really a um competitive advantage so if a team wants to use it they can but I think some teams also will be having a very minimum amount. Like the Miami Dolphins, I think, are allowing like 13,000 people into their stadium. I think the I read somewhere about pumping in stadium noise is that at kickoff, the noise would be at like 70 decibels or something, and it couldn't go higher than that, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to try it. Um, so the Dolphins are planning to hold 13,000 fans in their stadium so they're gonna try social distancing with masks probably and so i mean some teams are gonna be trying to some won't like chicago as of the first few games is not going to be having fans who knows it might change later on might get a few people in there but it's going to it's going to be a big adjustment especially watching on tv just I mean, TV, the cameras usually focus on the field anyway, but, like, any crowd shot we would have is going to be non-existent. Right. It's just going to be empty. <laughs> it's just going to be but seats. At the same time, we've kind of gotten used to that with baseball and basketball and hockey. But they haven't had fans there either, so it's going to be an interesting experience. I'm just glad we're getting the sport back on time, hopefully. Yeah, it's just going to be nice to have football. You know, it's... It's one thing to be watching old highlights, and it's like, okay, you know, it's football, but, you know, it's it's always nice to have something new. <laughs> Another aspect of their social justice platform is that the NFL will be closing down on Election Day. 
that's a good move. It's a very smart move too, and a lot of corporations and things and places should take this. Schools are already usually closed. I mean, we'll be at home anyway, so we're not going. So that's no excuse not to vote. But uh, everyone should vote, by the way. Um, election day is going to be Tuesday, November 3rd. Players are usually, aren't they usually off on Tuesdays anyway? For I believe like, so. Just their off day. Right. But I think but it's. then you have everyone else. Yeah, right? everyone you else, all the other. Staff members. So it's just a very smart move to make sure that all facilities are closed. The, the NFL also has an entire get out the vote campaign, which they have started. And again, it's just nice to see this, the league takes such a big stance on such very important issues. And they may have not done it in the past, but it's good to see them finally taking ownership. Because a lot of people listen to the league. A lot of people follow the league. A lot of people listen to them. Some people think this is... Politics should stay out of sports. But at the same time, it, should not, it, it shouldn't be this way. Like You should use your platform to better the world. So we got some new news with a team in our division. With the Minnesota Vikings getting Yannick Ngakwe. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, he uh, he's been wanting a trade for a long time, hasn't he? From uh, Jacksonville, yeah, he, he was put on the franchise tag, and in the way, the Jaguars really dealt with this situation in a bad way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I was, I heard this analysis from someone else, and I want to echo this that. They put him on the franchise tag, right? Mm-hmm. So the deadline, I think it was sometime in July, where you could get an extension on the franchise tag. Like anyone who's put on the franchise tag can get an extension at some point. That date is passed. And then they traded him after. So they're not getting much. Um, they're only what they're getting a... I'm sorry, I'm messing this up in a way, but like the Vikings are the team that has lucked out in this situation because they're going to get him. They're going to get him on the franchise tag. If they don't want him, they don't have to resign him. So he signed the franchise tag, and the Jaguars really dealt with the situation in a bad way. They could have gotten a lot more from him for him during this trade. Like, he could have been, but once you got stuck on the franchise tag, there's no way to extend him. You've kind of limited your options in terms of what you could get for him in this trade. Yeah. If and that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and honestly, when you talk about Jacksonville making just some questionable decisions in terms of contracts and players, they're... They're not that far removed from when they were, you know, going into the playoffs with a really championship caliber defense. And now you How look at that defense. That, like, three years ago, two years ago, something on that. They were yeah. playing the Patriots in the AFC championship game. Right. And now you look at their defense and all of their stars are just gone. <laughs> like um, Jalen Ramsey is gone. Right. Uh, he wanted out. There's something going on in Jacksonville. 
yeah, Calais Campbell is also gone. He was with Jacksonville during that run, right? And then now Yannick Nguakwe is gone. It's just all these stars from the Bills are leaving. I don't know. It's it's weird, but good for the Vikings that now they have uh, Ngakwe and Daniel Hunter on on their defensive line. It's definitely not good for the Bears. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think we can still handle it though. Nagy hasn't lost the Vikings yet, so <laughs> hasn't lost the Lions either. It's only the Packers that lose to. Packers seem like in the way that they're in a regression. I mean, who knows what a Packers regression looks like, but that could still mean easily 10 wins. But because what were they, 13 and 3? Yeah. So 10 wins is still a very successful season, but I just think we have a chance and I hope we have a chance. Yeah. I, th- I thought Aaron Rodgers was uh, going on a regression when Khalil Mack entered Chicago, but. Uh... Aaron Rodgers yeah. really bounced back last year. For the first three quarters of that one game, he was mm-hmm. on a regression, and he decides to come back and win the game. Yeah, but then he wasn't—he wasn't the same for the rest of that season. No, there's also a lot of conflict going on within the Packers because they brought in Jordan Love. Right. Rodgers seems to think he won't be in Green Bay for that long. So, who knows? It's some good stuff to follow, though. Another interesting storyline to follow. Yeah. And speaking of NFL veteran players, there was news now that the Washington football team has released Adrian Peterson. Yeah. He caught it by surprise, he said. He said uh, he wasn't expecting it at all. He was having a good week, having a good camp, playing with the number one team the entire time. And finds out that they will be going in a different direction with the offense. Yeah, it was only a week or two ago where he put out a statement saying that he wanted to play another few seasons and continue working his way up on the uh, career rushing list, maybe win a Super Bowl. And, you know, now out of nowhere he gets he gets released, which is, I don't know. I mean, I... Adrian Peterson, even though he's much older than your typical running back and, you know, he's in this age range where you're supposed to be on this really heavy decline, he's been still pretty productive when they've used him in the past few seasons. Yeah, I mean, also, yeah, let's go through the stats. He had 1,042 yards in 2018 and 898 yards in 2019. He led the team both years. In last year, he had 4.3 yards per carry on 211 attempts. And he included 20, he had more 20 yard rushes than Todd Gurley, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, and Ezekiel Elliott last year. And Washington, so, yeah, in the previous seasons, Washington has been really adamant about trying to get. Uh, their young running back Darius Geis more opportunities, but Geis keeps getting injured, and of course now Geis has the uh, the legal issues now, so Washington yeah. has released him too. But and they keep they keep saying how Peterson is a very strong player in the court, in the mm-hmm. running back room. Uh, right. At the same time, a lot of teams are at, what at eighty 
players, roughly, and then they cut down within the next week and a half to 53. Right. Or even less than a week and a half, like, I think by the end of this weekend, roughly, they have to cut down to 53 players. 55, I think, now with the expanded rosters and whatnot. So in that range, sorry, the rule changes a lot with the virus and stuff are a little fuzzy. But at the same time, it was probably just a simple cut. They had they didn't feel he was gonna fit and he's going to have to find a spot somewhere else. Do you think he retires after this? I don't think so. I think he's still you know, he put out that statement not too long ago that he wants to continue playing a few more seasons and try and win a Super Bowl. I think he's going to try and seek out a team that has some shot of making making it to the he, championship game. After spending a lot of years in Minnesota, he's played with New Orleans and Arizona and now Washington. He didn't so he didn't like, he wasn't used a lot in uh this with the Saints or Didn't Arizona. he get traded to the Cardinals yeah. from the Saints? Yeah, he got yeah, traded so lasted, really quickly. Yeah, he lasted only a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But once he came to Washington, then you could still see he has that that burst in his step because he had his his career longest rush against the Eagles while he was with Washington. I I don't think it was last season. It was either last season or the season before, but mm-hmm. it was eighty plus something yards and he outran all the young kids in the Philadelphia Eagles secondary. It'll be. It'll be interesting where to go, especially right when the season. He's not. He's probably not going to start on a team when the season starts now. But he, once someone gets goes down or something happens, he'll be like the first one everyone calls, probably. Mm-hmm. I think I saw that he was projected to possibly generate interest from the Patriots, and actually one of the one of the other things I looked at said the Bears might want him, but I don't know about that. The Bears have a pretty big committee backfield right now it wouldn't surprise me in, um, in either case the Patriots or the Bears wouldn't surprise it would be a smart move yeah for sure in some way he's not going to be the lead back anymore he's going to be the more of like a teacher in the backfield kind of so, like uh, Frank Gore yeah Frank Gore is still going strong <laughs> Frank Gore is still going strong that's that's totally true um. All right. So, and speaking of trading and players switching teams, the Dolphins are confirming that they are considering trading Josh Rosen again. Well, he's getting traded again. I I really feel for Josh Rosen. I mean, he was drafted in the first round, I believe. Yeah, That's number ten overall. Number ten overall pick in 2018. He played all right, you know. Um, as well as a rookie could be expected to play. And then the year after, he gets traded because Kyler Murray's taking with the number one pick. Then he thinks he gets a chance in Miami, then Ryan Kirkpatrick ends up playing. Mm -hmm. Ryan Kirkpatrick would not go down. That guy is a fighter. Yeah, Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick is is like a a slightly younger Josh McCown. You yeah, know, he's got that sort of veteran journeyman kind of feel to him. Mm-hmm. But um, man, Josh Rosen, he he can't catch a break. If he gets 
what traded. He, he played last year, he played through 465 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions, one touchdown, and sacked 12 times. And Fitzpatrick yeah. ended up playing. He played from weeks three to six, and then Fitzpatrick played the rest of the season. It's just and been really the, rough for him. Yeah, and the Dolphins go out and draft Tua. So yeah. Like, we all know Tua probably is not going to be ready to start the year, so we know that Chris Patrick is starting. Tua may not even play this year. Who knows? He could redshirt and sit out the whole year. Josh Rosen never had a chance, and most teams just don't keep that many quarterbacks. And they'll be probably... What, what do you think happens? Do you think he gets cut, or do you think he actually gets traded? I think they're going to try their absolute hardest to trade him, but I can't... If they don't, did they cut him? I think they might have to. I they think they might have, have to. Chance. The guy's barely had a stable environment, though. I mean, the numbers when he had a chance haven't been that good, but still. He's been tossed on like a pinball ball. Yeah, and you know, not only... Not only on a on a roster, not only roster wise, but also on the field, he's been playing behind some atrocious defense offensive lines and tossed around by pass rushers. So it's uh. And they've got they've probably seen something though. They realize that they should probably trade him because because if you couldn't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick, then for the number two spot or the starting spot. And then there's probably no reason to keep you anyway. True. But, I mean, it's it's one thing to compete against Ryan Fitzpatrick for a job, but when you're facing Ryan Fitzmagic for a job, that's a, that's a whole different story. <laughs> Ryan Fitzmagic is like Ryan Fitzpatrick, but times 10. <laughs> Speaking of the quarterback situations, the Patriots are officially named uh, Cam Newton their starting quarterback. I I was... Which he, I was, wasn't, he wasn't guaranteed the job. Yeah, he, I was skeptical he, at the beginning when they brought in Cam Newton. I thought Jared Stidham, Stidham had the inside track on the starting quarterback job. Well, the good thing with uh, Bill Belichick is that he takes everyone's trash and turns it into treasure. So he probably found something within Newton that had died off over the past few years. For and sure. Newton's, yeah. been, Newton's been hurt for a long time. And Belichick did say that he really liked Cam Newton's work ethic. That, you know, when you walk into facility, Cam's the first one there. When you walk out, he's still there. You know, that, that old tried and true and overused statement. I Personally, I didn't think that would apply to Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton's known for being really flashy, really showy. But, you know, if, I mean, it if works, he's... Though. He's able yeah. to keep it in control. I mean, Bill Belichick was able to handle Chido Ochocinco for a year, so he was able to find that. People know how to respect I have to gain the respect of Bill Belichick. So, yes, yeah. if he can make it work, there's a reason they there's a reason they brought him in. They knew his background when they brought him in. So, and they got him for so cheap as well. Yeah, and a lot of his teammates, apparently, from what I've been reading, like him a lot too. So, 
mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun to be around. And one aspect of what we mentioned that the Patriots haven't had to haven't had in a while because they've had Tom Brady for forever was the option to run. Stidham and Hoyer, they really can't run. Right. But Newton, Newton can't run like he used to, but he still has the option. Mm-hmm. I just, I just want to see him in a game and and make sure that you know Cam is able to play. I guess you know he's he's had the the shoulder injuries and um you know you hope he can he can still throw a good ball and the Patriots are kind of lacking offensive options even when Brady was there they were kind of lacking options it seemed like Bill Belichick yeah um and I think recently also. A statement came out that they're planning to release wide receiver Mohamed Sanu. They couldn't Already find, done. yeah, they couldn't find anybody to uh, trade for him. They basically just said in that situation because they did release him. They wanted to say that it's no one's fault. It's just that things just wouldn't work out. He couldn't. They have tremendous respect for each other, but at one point they're like, "Well, this is not working anymore," and it's better. I mean, you want to be in any, no one wants to be in the situation when you know something's not working. You don't want to force it in anymore. Like, it's bad for both sides. So, the, it's good on both sides to realize the position they've been in and how to now they're going to move forward in some way. Right. For Bill sure. Bill Belichick's the master, though, so you don't want to mess with him. He knows what he's doing. And speaking of that, he's seen your subway commercial. <laughs> yeah, I I heard a little bit about it um before earlier when he talked about being in a in a subway commercial and then now when it was actually released and I saw it, it was it was fascinating to see him. It was in it. fun. It was funny. <laughs> Especially the end where he cut takes his scissors and cuts the guy's sleeves off to make him look like himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know, Bill Belichick is always... I would think so to be in a commercial, though, would be Bill Belichick. Yeah, he's seen as this really serious, kind of intimidating figure, but... But there is also that side of him who is the nice guy. And I mean, when he's in the field and he's busy, then no, he's not going to be cracking jokes. But off the field, people should go watch, the uh, I think, the first two episodes of A Football Life, or the very first two. They were focused on Bill Belichick back in 2009-ish, I believe. It was when they premiered. Um, 2009, 2010-ish. So those are good two episodes if you really want to see him. Like, they were in the NFL films cameras basically following him around for an entire year. <laughs> documented everything. So it was like, it's a side of him that you don't get to see. Yeah. And, and you can definitely take a lot out of seeing him you know how he how he goes about his day how he talks to other people how he holds himself you know he's just really yeah he's he's just a really really professional guy perfection he expects perfection and that's why he's won six super bowls yeah there's a system that works mm -hmm. and And i know where he was hurt in 2008 it still went eleven and five. So 
Yeah, what? for sure. And I know we're running a little out of time now, but first I want to ask you, we've been on the Bill Belichick right now and a little bit about the Patriots, but what do you expect from what do you expect from the Patriots this season? Do you think that they're going to have success? Do you think I guess what I'm trying to ask is was it Belichick or was it Brady? It's a mix of both. I mean, you can't moan. I'd say Brady was a generational talent, but when Brady started, he was nothing. He was a six-round draft pick who couldn't do much, and Belichick's the one who turned him into what he was, and they ended up winning their first Super Bowl in his second year. So, but after that, Brady did develop and become the best player the league has ever seen, the greatest player of all time. So. It was a balancing, and I mean, there will be that effect. Every team starts off. Every team's going to start off this season very sloppy, especially with everything that's happened with the virus and whatnot. But if a team is going to be equipped to overcome all these challenges, it is going to be the New England Patriots because they still have the general and Bill Belichick leading the charge. Yeah. That's, I think you put it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, so this this was a good show. Good thing we're all good to be back talking about football. Right. We definitely spent today's episode on very important things like social justice, but also ending with some more lighthearted, just general NFL news, but it was, and it was good to run another podcast. To get, yeah, it's going to be good to get back into the swing of things and the plan is to have another episode up next week and we have a few plans for that. Hopefully they pan out. If not, we can still we still have a good show. And yeah. We, the season will be here before we know it. And this will be our first full season since our our original airing was during the playoff run, right? Of last yeah, we season. didn't start this until January of this year. Yeah, so... A long it'll... time ago. It feels like forever ago when we actually used to sit in the studio. Yeah, and it's a nice studio as well. Shout out to uh, Radio DePaul Sports. And... I haven't it's been there in a while. Though. Our wonderful studio there. And hopefully, if uh, COVID-19 dies down a little, then hopefully we'll be back there. At some point in Maybe. the in the future, but this this format is also sufficient enough for us. So yeah, what happens from the comfort of our own homes? <laughs> exactly. All right, so uh, thank you all for whoever has still stayed on to listen to us this long. Thank you for listening to the By the Laces podcast. And as we mentioned, uh, we'll be back next week. So in the meantime. Don't forget to follow us at BillMalik15 and Trent underscore Cito. And please stay safe and wear a mask. Bye-bye.